Well, good morning. morning. Welcome to New Life Christian Ministries. Welcome to your church. This isn't my church. It's your church. Welcome. So good to see you. Uh, Your husband was here last week and now you brought, what's your name? Courtney, welcome Courtney. All right. So praise God for you being here today. We've got a word from the Lord. You should know more about Mephibosheth than anybody in the world. All right. Everybody wants to get to heaven and see Jesus, and we will see him, but I'm sure you guys are going to say, Mephibosheth, man, we heard about you for 80 weeks. All right. But I think we're going to be able to wrap that up today. Uh, we have went through the 10 steps of revival, and we're going to hit 8, 9, 10 all today, uh, the Lord's willing. Um, a revival is when something dead comes in contact with life. Jesus has made all things new and sustains us by the Holy Spirit. There is life and life more abundantly at the king's table. Where? The The king's table. So it looks like this, like where are we spending our time then? Are we spending enough time at the king's table in the presence of God, in the word, in prayer, in fellowship with him? Because that's where our life comes from. And I began this series with asking a question, and that question was, are you spiritually dead or dying? And how do you know? Well, some of the signs that you're spiritually dead or dying is that you don't have the character of Jesus Christ in which his fruit produces within us. You should be more like Christ and less like yourself. I don't like the old me. I, I hope that you guys don't like who you are apart from Christ. And if that's who you are spending the most of your time as, then you're spiritually dying. You see, it's my desire that the spirit man, the new creation I am in Christ, be alive and present the majority of the day. Because when Damien shows up, trouble shows up. See, Damien is contrary to God. Damien, apart from God, is wicked and evil, and there is no good thing in me but God. It's only Jesus who has cleansed me. He is the one that has given me life. I don't like the old me. I hate the old me, but I love the new me. The new me is who I am in Jesus Christ. And the new me has an appetite. And the new me has an appetite for the word of God. For the Bible says that man cannot live by bread alone, okay? And the man that he's talking about is the complete man. Man cannot live by food alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So my spirit man needs food. And I've been eating Bible every day. You see, I used to just eat enough Bible to feed you guys. Sure did. I would only study enough to give you what you needed. But God changed my attitude about my appetite. He says, you know what? You got to eat too. So I've been more faithful and more disciplined. Can you say the word disciplined? Discipline should not be a scary word because you should desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And what disciples are, are disciplined ones. Those who are faithful to do what the Lord is calling them to do. They're doing the right thing. So to be revived means that we are connected to the life in which Jesus Christ has died to give us. And we should desire all of it. So we've been studying the life of Mephibosheth, and he's shown us the way to revival through the life of this man and what he had to endure. I'm going to do a quick summary about what Mephibosheth went through and then conclude with where we are to be to make sure that we are sustained by this life that Jesus Christ has come to give us. So let's look at the parallels between Mephibosheth where he was, and where we are when we get out of that fellowship that we need with Jesus Christ, when we get out of revival, okay? We need a revival so that we can stay revived. So we don't chase revivals all over. We have an encounter with God in which he revives us, and then we stay alive. Let's bow our heads. Father, I come to you now asking in Jesus' name, that you would allow an anointing to be upon your servant to preach this word, to give them truth, to feed them, God, those that you love so much. I pray, God, that I would be able to speak to their spirit man, that the natural man would be shut down right now, God, because the carnal mind will want to stray. But I pray that the spirit man would be made present and available to eat right now the word of God so that it may receive life. 
I pray also for an anointing upon every ear that will listen to this message, that it will be open so that they can hear the words of God. Lord, would you move me out of the way and allow your Holy Spirit to come upon me and that he might minister to these people who are heaven bound. And we declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you heaven bound? Think about it every day. Don't, don't lose track that this is just a temporary setting. Don't invest too much time, too much worry, too much anything into this earth because this is just a temporary setting. You wouldn't take everything you own to a hotel. You know why? Temporary setting. You just stand for the night or two. You don't take all that you own to the hotel, all right? You leave that at home. So I'm trying to tell you all that heaven is home, that we store our treasures up there. Don't get too caught up in the news and all those things that bring you trouble. This is just a temporary setting, and we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus, and we've got to keep our hearts on home, which is heaven. So let's look at some of the um, parallels between Mephibosheth and man, okay? We're going to start in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. So the first thing we're going to learn why God caused us to study revival through the life of Mephibosheth is because he was dropped and so was man. In 2 Samuel 4 and 4, we see that Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephibosheth who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when a report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him and he became crippled. So there was a woman who was in charge of Mephibosheth's care that ran out of fear. She did something out of fear and she dropped him at five years old. And from that moment forward, he was crippled in both feet. That was Mephibosheth's nurse dropped him. Now we have to look at Eve, okay? We have to look at the correlation between Mephibosheth's nurse dropping him and him being in need of revival from that point on. And now we've got to look at Eve who drops humanity. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verses 20 through 24. Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all, of other, the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So Eve sinned, and of course, Adam sinned right along with her. If Adam would have been doing his job, then potentially Eve would not have been deceived. But that's neither here nor there. So just as the nurse dropped Mephibosheth, Eve, the mother of all, she was carrying all humanity in her belly, okay? When she sinned, she dropped everybody that was in her belly. Because everybody that was going to be born was going to be born with two broken feet. They would not be able to walk with God. They would not be able to obey God. They would not be able to honor God. They would even not be considered to be children of God. After, I'm sorry, verse 23 now. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the garden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. So they were living at a palace. The nurse and Mephibosheth were living at a palace and, a, you know, a wonderful place, a beautiful place. But then word came that um, Jonathan and Saul had been killed in battle. So now they have to leave the palace because there's going to be a change in dominion of the palace. The land that they once lived in, the beautiful land that they once were in, now would not be theirs anymore. So they had to flee. They had to leave. Now the correlation between us and, and, and Mephibosheth is this. Adam and Eve did live in the garden, right? And they had access to everything beautiful, all that they needed. But just like Mephibosheth was dropped, man was dropped. 
And since man sinned, they were banished from the garden. So just like Mephibosheth had to leave royalty, Adam and Eve had to leave the garden as well. Now we see the need that we have for revival because we were both dropped. Now we see a new thing, a new correlation between Mephibosheth and ourselves because a coming king brings revival. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, it says this. One day, David, who was a king, asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? He summoned a man named Ziba, who was, had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba, the king asked. Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. Then the king asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Ziba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive, but he is crippled in both feet. Still alive, but crippled. So what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that some of us are saved, but crippled. Some of us say that we love Jesus and love the Lord, but we're not walking right. Our, our, feet, our feet are broken. We're, we're not doing the things that we know to do that are right. We need some assistance getting around sometimes, and we're not living the way in which God designed us to live. But here comes a king to this town and says, where are any of Saul's descendants so that I might bless them? So what is the correlation between a coming king as a king came to Mephibosheth, and what about a king that will come to us? Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. So as soon as uh, Adam and Eve sinned, God came after them looking for them. And then he had a conversation with the enemy. All right. And he said this. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your bed belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And here comes prophecy of a future king. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. So from the very beginning, God is un un unraveling the plan that he has for revival. Yes, you have done this to, to mankind. Yes, you are going to strike their heel. Look at that. Enemy striking heel. Where was Mephibosheth injured at? He's crippled in his feet. Man can't walk with God right, okay? And so, so we need a revival. We need a king to come and help us. So just like King David came to help Mephibosheth, King Jesus comes to earth to help us so that we might be revived. So we might go from Lodabar to life. Christians have no business living in Lodabar. Lodabar is a place where there is no word a place where death is, a place where our identity is not royalty. It's a place where our flesh is in control and we are trapped in sin and we know that the wages of sin equals death. So we need to go from Lodabar to life. And the good thing today that I have for you, the good news is this, it is that God's word establishes. Can you say that with me? God's word establishes. One more time. God's word establishes. So when the king speaks, when God speaks, his word will be established. It never fails. The reason I am where I am today as a man is because I have entrusted my life to the Bible. I have found all the answers that I need in my life in the Bible. My finances are based upon the Bible. The way I treat my wife is based upon the Bible. Everything that I am, I try to build it right here on the Word of God because the Word of God establishes things. Hebrews 11 and 3, we can see why but we, this is a true saying that God's Word establishes. Hebrews 11 and 3 says this, by faith, by what? Faith. By faith, we understand, this is the powerful scripture, that the entire universe was made by the Big Bang. No. And if there was a Big Bang, I know who made the Big Bang. It was God's voice. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? That's the big bang that created the universe. Do you hear what I'm saying? By faith, we understand. Say this with me. By faith, faith, I understand. understand. That could be a whole series right there. By faith, I understand. Say it again. By faith, faith, I understand. understand. Let's do it again. You got to get this. By faith, faith, I understand. You see, the reason so much some of us are so stressed all the time is because by fear, you don't understand. But by faith, you understand. We understand what? That the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So God's word establishes. Say this with me. God's word word establishes. establishes. So when God speaks, it establishes things. If God doesn't say it, it will not be. So that is why you build your word, your life on God's word. Psalms 89 verses 3 and 4 say this. The Lord said... I have made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. That's Psalms 89, 3 and 4. The first, I'm second, I'm sorry. The second and the third words in the third verse are, Lord said. The second and third words in the fourth verse, fourth verse are will establish. So whatever the Lord says will be established. And here's here's the that's a beautiful promise, but here's the danger of that. Man, he doesn't play. So if you live outside of his word, you are in trouble. He says, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but since you are lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It doesn't matter if you say you're a Christian or not. If you live outside of God's word, that's what's going to happen to you. I'm telling you, we got to take this Bible seriously. We got to stop saying, uh, we got to stop thinking, we got to stop thinking that we're okay because uh, we're Christians and we do we, the things that we do. Uh, I don't do this anymore and I do this. Nope. Read your Bible so that you might know what will be established. See, God, does, it's not, God has given us an open book test. Life is an open book test in which you can read your Bible the whole time and know what's coming. We know how he's going to grade us in the end. He tells us in his word. So that is why it is so important that we read and understand his word. Second Samuel chapter 9 verse 4. We're talking about moving from Lodabar to life. So when King David comes to town, he says, where is he? Where is Mephibosheth? The king asked. In Lodabar, Ziba told him, at the home of Makur, son of Amiel. And we remember as we studied Lodabar, that Lodabar means a place with no word. There is no life there. So Mephibosheth's need for revival is also our need for revival. As Mephibosheth was living in in, um, Lodabar, we know that he was eating, okay? Because he was about 21 years old, so we know that he had food in his home or he had access to natural food. So he was eating because... David's question was, is there anyone from the house of Saul that is still alive? So yes, his body was alive, but his soul and his spirit was very much dormant because Lodabar is a place with no word. The reason many of us are in the positions we are where we're not excited about God anymore and we're not excited about serving, we're not hopeful, we're not faithful, we're not, uh, we're not living with that just uh, that dynamic 
What is the word I'm looking for? Expectation to see the goodness of God in our lives is because we're eating bread. We've got bread to sustain us, but we have no word. When you have a word from the Lord, your spirit man will come alive. There is nothing natural that can revive your spirit man. There's no meal on earth that you can eat and your spirit man be renewed and strengthened. Food is for the body, but the word is for the spirit man. The word is for the soul. His words are life. We are in our greatest need of revival when our souls are stuck in Lodabar. That is when we live from our carnality or our flesh only. Revival is for Christians only. Because to be revived, you have to have had life before already. So I know I'm preaching to the right crowd because I'm preaching to me as well. We need revival. And I'm tired of talking about it. I want to see it now. I am so tired of Christians, us, living below where God desires us to live. Kennedy kids, Obama kids, Reagan kids, Rockefeller kids, Gates kids, Jay-Z's kids, they all have a standard of living, don't they? Because of what their parents have provided for them, right? But what about us? What about the king's kids? Why are we, David said, I once was young and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous, for the seed of the righteous, for, I'm sorry, slow down, the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. Say this with me. I am not, I am not a, beggar. a beggar. I don't need anything, don't need anything. From, this world. from this world. My father, My father. is Jehovah Jireh. Everything I need. He has established me with his word. Amen. Let's give God some praise. The reason our spiritual lives are so boring is because our souls live in Lodabar. And we're living off of Netflix. We're living off of Facebook. We're living off of soap operas. We're living off of reality series. We're living off of gossip. We're living off of everything except the word of God. And you have to drag yourselves to church. Because there's no appetite for the things of God. If this is the first time you've heard the word of God all week, it means that your soul lives in Lodabar, but visits God. Your soul has visitation rights with God. Not a child of God, just visited on the weekends. If we're going to be children of God, we've got to be children of God full time. And in order to enjoy revival full time, we've got to put our feet up under the, the table of the king and stay there and eat there. It's a dangerous thing if you're satisfied with the level of word and time with God that you have, if it's very low, we got to check ourselves. What does your soul crave? What is your soul's desire? We've got to understand that this flesh cannot be in control because this flesh will take us to hell. Amen. The desires of this flesh will lead us to hell. Amen. Be very careful. How many of you fight evil desires sometimes? How many of you fight lustful desires sometimes? Every single one of you better be fighting. I'm scared if you don't acknowledge that you're fighting them. You better be fighting them. Okay? We have to fight the good fight of faith. Alright? We've got to understand that this flesh, say this with me, my flesh, my flesh represents, represents Lodabar. Lodabar. I can't live there. We can't live in Lodabar. We can't live as only carnal and fleshly people with sinful desires. Romans 7:18. Paul had a great revelation, and we need the same revelation. He says this, And I know that nothing good lives in me. 
That is, in my sinful nature, I want to do but what is right, but I can't. So Paul is admitting that his flesh is Lodabar. You better be able to look in the mirror and say, without Christ, there is no good thing that lives in me, so I cannot be in control. John 6, 63 tells us this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So born again Christians, you got to hear me out. There's nothing in this world carnal that will sustain you. It is only the word of God. It is only the spirit that sustains you. And if you have a low hunger for spiritual things, it means that most of your time is spent in carnality. It is spent in flesh. And that is the perfect recipe for lukewarmness. I'm glad you're quiet because it means it's kind of hitting the intended target. We've got to understand that if we're not picking up our Bibles and if we're not praying a lot, it means that we're spiritually dying. I have no shortcuts for you. I have no way to dress that up. I have no way to make that look pretty. If you spend no time with God, it means that you're living in Lodabar. And Lodabar is a place of no word. It's a place of carnality. It's a place where your spirit man cannot grow. But I praise God for step eight. We're on step eight now, and we'll hit nine and ten. A royal command setting revival in place. Second Samuel chapter nine, verses nine and ten say this. Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your master's household. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here at my table. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. So what does this mean? It means that the land and dominion were restored. So that's a part of the message that we're in right now. We're part, and the part of the message is the restoration and revival of Mephibosheth and our spirit man. So 2 Samuel 9 and 9 says this, Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything. The key words that I want to stand out to you right now, that I want your faith to grab a hold of, is this. The king said, I have given everything. Say this with me. The king, the king said, said, I have given, I have given everything. everything. So here we see King David coming to Mephibosheth, the crippled-footed one. I never heard him refer to that, but that was kind of cool. The crippled-footed one? Yes. Makes it sound more cool than he really was. Anyway, Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. So now we see Mephibosheth being restored because the king spoke and then gave him everything. The king spoke and then gave him everything. Remember what we said? That the word of God establishes. So let's go to Luke chapter 10, 17, 17 through 20 and see if people in this world, God's chosen people, have experienced a revival from the king. Remember, King David is there. Mephibosheth is bound before him. The king said, I have given everything. Here we are in Luke now, chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, which is the Lord or the king, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them. So the king is talking right now, right? The king is telling them something. The king says, yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, 
I have given you authority over all or everything, the power of the enemy, and you can walk among, you can walk, are you getting this? Mephibosheth couldn't walk, we couldn't walk, and now the king is saying, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Remember in the garden, the enemy appeared as a serpent, and Eve was walking there, and the, and the, the enemy came to her and deceived her, but now the king is saying, I'm giving you power over this scorpion that you can walk on him and trample on him and nothing will injure you but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you rejoice because your names are registered in heaven all right so welcome to new life christian ministries i'm about to do an instant replay here we go mephibosheth crippled in his feet had to leave the kingdom because of death Sin had occurred, all right? Now the king David comes to him and, and says, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. Again, the king said, I have given everything. Then we have Jesus Christ. You see, listen to me. Jesus Christ is the gift that keeps on giving. Once you unwrap him as Savior and unwrap him as Lord, he just, oh, my, the blessings just keep coming every day. Now, I know on December 25th, I'm going to open some gifts from some people. But on December 26th, it's back to business as usual, okay? But with Jesus, every single day of my life, I get to unwrap his goodness and his mercy and his faithfulness and his love and his kindness and his healing and his salvation every day. So David being a man, if men being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does our father in heaven? So I'm trying to tell you in Luke chapter 10 verses 17 through 20, we experience the same revival that Mephibosheth experienced from David. And the king says, I have given you Authority over all. How much is all? Everything. The power of the enemy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Amen. Say this with me. I have, I have authority, authority over, over all the power, all the power of, the enemy. of the enemy. Woo! Is that the truth? Then why aren't you excited? I have been given. So listen to what Mephibosheth can say when the servants get an attitude. Uh, Mephibosheth, we don't feel like feeding you today. Oh, you don't. We don't feel like working your ground today. Oh, really? Well, the king said that I now have authority over all the land of my father and my ancestors. And he said that you and you and you and you are to be my servants. So get to it. Now listen, you are king's kids. And you've been given authority over the devil. So when the devil comes to you lying and trying to tell you that you're not a child of God, that you're not special, that you're not somebody, that he's going to kill you, that he's going to bring disease to your house, or he's going to cause a divorce in your home, you're going to say, ah, 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 no, 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 my friend. No, you're not my friend, but no, no, no. I have been given of all authority over all of your power. How much of the enemy's power? All of it. You see, when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them authority over the entirety of the world. But when they were evicted from the garden, they lost something. But here comes the king to earth. That's the beauty of Christmas, that Jesus Christ has come to earth bringing gifts to all men. And we thank God for Jesus. And now we have been given servants as well. So the revival came with servants. 
So not only did he get Mephibosheth get the land, he got some servants as well. So if Mephibosheth got servants, then that means that we would have to get servants too. So we see here that Mephibosheth had some help to dominate his dominion. I'll say that again. Mephibosheth had help to dominate his dominion because dominion means to dominate. Say this with me. I, I dominate. Say it again. I, I dominate, dominate the, enemy. the enemy. Again, I, I dominate, dominate the, enemy. the enemy. Never be scared of the devil again a day in your life. You have been given dominion and power over all of his authority, and you have been given uh, uh, also servants to help you dominate him. So, in Mephibosheth's time, 2 Samuel 9 and 10, we see that not only was he given uh, dominion, but he was giving help to dominate. It says this, uh, uh, Saul was talking to Ziba, Saul's, I'm sorry, David was talking to Ziba, Saul's old servant. It says this, you and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your master's household. So Mephibosheth had help to dominate his dominion. And I'm trying to tell you that today, the children of God, we also have help to dominate our dominion. Luke chapter 24, verse 49 says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit. So just as King David sent Ziba and his sons and all his servants to help Mephibosheth dominate the land, God has sent us the Holy Spirit, okay? When the Spirit of truth, and now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So, for instance, let's say that one day that Mephibosheth is uh, tired and hungry. And he says, listen, I got a taste for some beans and cornbread. That's been on my mind for a long time, okay? <laughs> Bring me some beans and cornbread. And one of the servants says, uh, didn't you hear? Uh, it's over, buddy. You, you, you hobble over there and get it yourself. We're done serving you. And then one of the other servants overhears this rebellion. Can you say rebellion? rebellion. Another servant overhears this rebellion and says, know what, David? I'm sorry, Mephibosheth, that's a lie. David hasn't changed his word. David said, we're still your servants, and we've got to do what you tell us to do. So listen, fast forward to, to now. The Holy Spirit is on board. So whenever the devil comes to you and says, you know what? I'm going to make you sick, or you're going to lose your job, or you're not going to have enough money to pay your bills. You can say, I, 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 nope, 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 nope. The king has spoken, and anything you try to do to me, any weapons that you formed against me, they shall not prosper. You can do nothing to me because I am under the king's word and his dominion. And that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. The Holy Spirit says, you know what? Psst, 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 psst. Nope. Don't believe that. The devil is lying. That's not the truth. You don't have to believe that. You don't have to believe that lie. You don't have to believe COVID's going to take you out of here. You don't have to believe any of the lies that are going forth in the land because there's a covenant that you have with God. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a servant to us, a helper to us, a comforter to us, a guide to us to reveal truth about the covenant that God has given us dominion and authority. And then the, the, the devil might say and the world might say, then where is your proof? The proof is in the power. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here until this, in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Power from heaven. So the Holy Spirit has come as a divine helper, a divine servant to us to lead us and guide us into all truth. But that's not it. 
Not only do we have the Holy Spirit to help us dominate our dominion, we also have angels. Did you know that angels are here to serve us and to work for us? Did you know that? All right. Angels are not Michael Landon, okay? If you laugh, I know how old you are. All right. Angels are here. They are heavenly helper, heavenly host, sent to help not, not everybody. Because not everybody has an angel. Angels weren't sent to help everybody. I'll tell you who angels are for. Hebrews 1.14 says this. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. So you've been given dominion and authority over the enemy. And just like Mephibosheth was given servants, we've been given the Holy Spirit and we've been given angels as well. This revival is pretty awesome, isn't it? What revival does for you is it gets you back into the truth, gets you out of Lodabar, prevents you from trying to live just a carnal existence because that's where sin is. Okay, and gets you to live by the spirit. And the only way to live by the spirit is to live by the word. It was only King David's word that changed everything in Mephibosheth's life. And it's only God's word that changes everything in our lives. And now it says this, but Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here at my table. So they were going to serve him. So he was going to have servants, okay? But at the end of the day, when it came time to eat, he was going to eat at the king's table. He was given a seat there. That's what his revival looked like. That's where the last place where his revival led him was to the king's table. And we also have a table to eat from. And it's found in John chapter 6, verses 54 through 58. And it says this, But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. So it's a continual eating. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. So, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, I pray that you're not living off of just manna. Because if all Mephibosheth needed was food, he could have stayed in Lodabar. If all he wanted was bread, he could have lived in Lodabar to the day he died. But something awakened in him when he had an encounter with the king. And that's what I pray for each and every one of you, that when you have an encounter with King Jesus, that something awakens in you and what he offers you, you say, that's what I want. I don't want to go back to the way that I was living. I want to live from the well that never runs dry. I want to live from the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to eat at his table. The ninth step to revival is obedience to the command. So Ziba replied, yes, my Lord, the king, I am your servant and I will do all that you have commanded. So just as King David instructed Ziba and his sons and all his servants to now serve Mephibosheth, the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of all creation, he has sent to us the Holy Spirit and his angels. And I wonder how they respond. I'm sure they say, yes, Lord, whatever your desire is, I will do just that. So just as Zeba's uh, servants and sons said yes to King David, the Holy Spirit. How do we know the Holy Spirit said yes? Because he's here. How do we know the angels said yes? Because they're here right? They're here. Number 10, the 10th step is finally, we've been revived. To forever be connected to 
and in the company of the giver of life. That's what it means to stay revived. Don't be chasing revivals. I almost said don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't be chasing revivals. All right? Stay revived. Don't chase revivals. Just stay revived. And the way you stay revived is to say, Lord, I believe that I'm a son or a daughter of you now. And I believe that I don't have to live in Lodabar anymore. I accept the invitation to the king's table. I receive the help of the Holy Spirit. I receive the help of the host of God's angels to be with me. And here's what it says. And from now and from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly. There is your key to being revived right there. How often did Mephibosheth eat at that table? Regularly. How often are you to eat at the Lord's table and spend time in his word and spend time in worship and spend time in prayer? Regularly. So then when will we need a revival? When we stop meeting regularly. When we break fellowship. When we walk away from the king's table, and all of us do this sometimes, we leave the king's table and head back to what we used to know. And the Bible says when we go back to Lodabar, it's like a dog returning back to his own vomit. You got fresh food over there, but you'd rather eat what you puked the other day. You rather eat the old lifestyle. You rather eat the filth and the lust and the, and the, and the sin. There's a part of us, and every one of us, there's a part in us that longs for Lodabar. And that part of you is your flesh. And that is why we must be crucified right there. So you know what? I pick up my cross. How often? Daily. Daily regularly. To deny myself of going back to Lodabar. Because the Bible says that if we put our hands to the plow and we're leaving Lodabar behind and we're serving in his kingdom, if we look back, it says we're not fit to be his. So we got to get rid of that longing for Lodabar. The question I have is, haven't you found Jesus to be awesome? Yeah. Haven't you found the king to be the best thing you've ever happened to you? So what in the world would make us go back to Lodabar? Just like we have help here in this revival, we have help as well to pull us back into death. And that's Satan and demonic forces that try to awake those old desires in you. They try to tempt you. God doesn't tempt anybody. They try to tempt us by what still lives inside of us. But if you kill it, then they can't tempt it. Amen? Let's stand to our feet this morning. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of the king's own sons. Let's praise God right there. He ate regularly like a son at the king's table. It says in verse 12 that Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. From then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table. So that was us. We were born into sin. But somewhere along the line, we had an encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he came to this world to die for those that he loved so that he could make us sons again. You see, Adam wasn't a son. Adam was the created one. He was man. He was created after the flesh. But when you're born after the spirit, you become a son of the most high God. We are sons. So 
get rid of your Adam nature and you get rid of your longing for Lodabar. If you celebrate your sonship in God, you will crave the life that only he can give you. Father, I pray as the year comes to a close and as we celebrate in a few days your birth, oh my goodness, how sweet it is, this revival that you offer us, God. May we not leave it, though, on the table. May we not leave the bread and the blood on the table. But wait, may we eat of it regularly, Lord. Eat of your body and drink of your blood. What is that? Your sacrifice. Your life poured out for us so that our life can be sustained. But what life? You said that man cannot live by that bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What word proceeded out of the mouth of God? Jesus Christ came to this earth. The word was made flesh and broken apart so that all men who receive him would have eternal life. Lord, we don't want to go another year lukewarm. We don't want to go another year of having our passport flipped open and seeing that our, we were in Lodabar. We've got a stamp that says Lodabar, Lodabar, Lodabar. Every month we're visiting Lodabar. May we commit this year to stay out of Lodabar, to stay out of the flesh and walk by the Spirit. For you have made us sons and daughters of the Most High God. And your word says, the sons of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God, are the sons of God. Oh, what an honor it is to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Father, I pray for everyone that's heard this message. We heard it, God. And one day we'll stand before you and we won't be able to deny that we heard it. Stay away from Lodabar. Lodabar is going to be destroyed. Stay away from Lodabar. There's no word there. So where there is no word, there is no king. So Lord, we thank you for your love for us, that you came to visit us, God. Born to a virgin named Mary, who the Holy Ghost filled. And now we're asking that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit as well. I thank you for help, God. Say this with me, church. Lord, I thank you for the help you have given me to leave Lodabar and walk by the Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for surrounding me with angels. I desire to spend the rest of my life eating regularly at the King's table. In Jesus' name, amen.